Livermore podcast. We hope you'll enjoy this message by Pastor Joshua Harris. Hey everybody, Pastor Josh back and so thankful I get to meditate on God's word with you today. I hope you're enjoying uh, hearing from the Lord as we have this time together online and we've been going through the book of Matthew. I kind of love this. This is my personal favorite thing is to get a book of the Bible, just start running through it and seeing what God might speak through it. Uh, one kind of warning slash encouragement I want to give actually comes from the book of John, and Jesus is actually talking about the Old Testament, but it applies to, I think, all the Word of God, where he says this, you study the Scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the Scriptures that testify about me. These are Scriptures that talk about Jesus, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So one of the positions I always try to take uh, when I'm engaging the Word of God, the Holy Bible, is to position myself as someone hearing from the author, hearing from God. And that's why praying and meditating work so well together. So I'm just going to pray for us as we open God's Word. Jesus, we come to you. We thank you, Lord, that, that these are scriptures that testify about you. And in the case of Matthew, literally, directly, your genealogy, uh, your story. And so, Lord, I thank you for your story. I thank you, Lord, that in your story you, you reveal yourself to us. And when we pray not only that we would see you in the Scriptures, but you would help us see you in the Scriptures as we study uh, Matthew today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus. That means our Savior, who is the Christ or the Anointed One, the one commissioned and called by God to do something. To do what? Well, he's the son of David. He's restoring the kingship of Israel, or the kingship himself as king, uh, meaning that the prince of peace is ruling, that the restoration of God's purposes are coming. He's also the son of Abraham. The covenant faithfulness of God is being revealed through this person, Jesus. Uh, now, we've gone through, and we're all the way to Matthew chapter 7, and now Jesus is speaking to us, and he uses through the chapter 7 so much vivid imagery uh, but it starts with one of the most interesting scriptures and often quoted or misquoted scriptures in the Bible. It says about judgment this, judge not that you be not judged. It's interesting, my friends who don't even care or like Christianity at all, see, doesn't the Bible say don't judge? They, they like this one. Uh, we don't like to be judged. However, sometimes we like to judge. And that's why he warns us and says, with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So here, uh, Jesus is helping us understand two different things. No one likes the feeling of being judged in the sense of condemned, in the sense of um, being looked down upon, uh, being someone who's under judgment where we might go to, in this case, we were thinking of a court, maybe go to prison or be somehow punished for crimes, that kind of thing. And he's saying, if you don't like that, don't do that to other people. Because the same way you give out to others, you're going to receive back at that same measure. And then he goes on to say this, why do you look at the speck that's in your own brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, but look, a plank is in your own eye. You hypocrite. Hypocrite literally is the Greek word that means under judgment. It can mean you're false or acting falsely, but the literal translation would be under judgment. You're putting yourself under judgment because you're saying, hey, you're messed up. You have something in your eye while you have a giant poles shoved in your eye. First, remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, I like this because it's a balance to judge not. In this verse, it's saying, look, if someone has something in their eye and it could hurt them, 
if they have some situation in their life that's presenting danger to them, it's not saying don't speak to them. If, if my children, when they were very small, were about to run out into the street and there was a car coming, I wouldn't go, you know what? I don't want to judge them in their expression of how they run around. And this is how they like to play. So I'm just not going to judge them. I'm just going to let them explore and experience for themselves. And I let them run out in front of a car and be run into and killed. I don't think that's very healthy. That's not why well, I didn't want to judge them. No, you need to be careful to help realize there's times where you want to speak to something that could endanger or hurt someone else. I mean, a funny version of that, I don't know if you've ever been out and you have like, you've been eating and you have a big old green, you know, spinach leaf or something in your tooth and no one tells you. Sometimes it's nice to have a brother go, hey, by the way, you got something on your teeth. Rather than you go through the whole day with no one telling you because they're trying to be nice and trying not to judge you, but you've been embarrassing yourself all day. Uh, now, how do I know whether I speak to something or whether I don't judge? That's really the wrestling match we're going through. I think the first thing we learn from this particular scripture is judging my own heart. Why am I bringing this up? You know, sometimes I've brought up things for people that they've done that I don't think are appropriate or they could have done in a better way, but I only brought them up to prove I know something, or I've only brought them up because I didn't like what they did. This, The heart of this, as I understand it, is this. First, review myself. Why am I even speaking? Why am I even thinking about this speck in my brother's eye? Hopefully, the reason is because I want them to be healthy. I want them to see clearly. I want them not to be harmed. And if my motivation is pure, and that in my mind is getting that log out of your own eye. Let me remove that so I can see clearly to really help you. Am I seeing right or am I seeing through my own pain? Am I seeing through my own blindness? Am I seeing through my own frustrations? Am I seeing through my own history? Or am I actually seeing clearly to help you? So that's the first process is a personal process. Am I, am I clear to see you well to help you, or am I really just judging you? So Jesus said, don't judge, but you might need to help. Okay, another part of that, he goes on to say this, do not give what is holy to dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine. Why? Because then they're going to trample them under their feet, and then they might turn and rend you, or tear you to pieces, it says in the New King James. What is this trying to tell us? You know, sometimes you have good information, you have truth, but the person doesn't want to hear it. Now, I don't like to call people dogs or, or swine or anything like that, but sometimes kind of spiritually or in that particular position, you might have truth you want to offer, but the person doesn't want it. So you give them something that looks valuable to you or is valuable to you, but it's not valuable to them. Two problems are going to happen. They're going to damage the thing that was valuable because they don't even count it as valuable. That's one. Have you ever had someone give you some gift? Oh, this is a very expensive, fancy, whatever, juicer. I don't want to juice anything. So now you've given me something that to you is very important, to you is very valuable, but it has no value to me. And so now I probably won't care for it, utilize it, or treat it with the same value you would get giving it to someone who does care. Now there's a second part. Sometimes when you're sharing truth to someone who doesn't want to hear it, it actually becomes offensive to them and they'll attack you. I don't know if you've ever shared a piece of information with someone who didn't want to hear it before. Often, if you see someone fight sort of quite violently against you, at least verbally, maybe the reason is they're not ready for the truth you're trying to give them. And there can be different reasons for that. Maybe it's the wrong time. Maybe it's the wrong season. Maybe they're just not in a place to receive right now. They've been so wounded or hurt, they can't really understand the value. And so here we have the second half of helping other people. First part. Dealing with my own soul, my personal part. Am I really here to help you or I just want to tell you you're wrong? 
Am I just here to judge or am I here to help? Hopefully I'm here to help. Second side, do you actually want my help? Because if you don't, it's okay. I can help you in different ways. And in fact, God gives us ways to help ourselves and to help others in any situation. He calls them the ask principles, which are ask, seek, and knock. See, it also spells ask, so you can kind of remember that, right? So ask and what? It will be given to you. Seek and what happens? You will find. Knock and what happens? The door will be open. So in any situation, one thing I can do is I can pray. I can ask God, God, can you help me with this? God, I'm seeking your wisdom in this situation. God, I'm knocking that you'll open a door, open a way that good things can come from this situation that's happening in front of me. And here's good news from the scriptures. It says that everyone who asks receives. So how do I know I'm someone eligible to receive when I ask? Well, if you're an everyone, you can receive as long as you're someone who asks. Am I someone who can find? Well, as long as you're one of the ones who seeks, then you can find. Am I one of the ones who doors will open for? Well, as long as you're the one who knocks, a door will open for you. So here comes a question. Well, why wouldn't you then? Have you ever wondered, as, if you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you don't pray a lot, if it's really true that I ask God and I'll, I'll be given, seek and I'll find, and a knock and door will be opened, why wouldn't I just pray more? Why wouldn't I ask for more stuff? And I think one of the reasons is, is very practical. We have asked and it didn't come. We have sought something and we didn't find it. We have knocked and we feel like no door is open. And as I thought about this, I'm bringing us ahead to Hebrews where he says this, God is not unjust. You know, sometimes when I've prayed for something and I feel like it doesn't happen, I do, God, what happened here? God, I, I was being a good person, I thought. I was helping people, I thought. And it seems like you've forgotten my work and my love that I've shown to your saints or and helped you and helped people and tried to help things. And God, I'm praying for, let's say, a financial breakthrough or health or my friend who I really love or my family member to get saved, and I feel like you're not answering. God, are you actually there? Are you actually listening? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. You remember that? You know, I'm praying, but it's, I don't even know if you're hearing me. Well, then he goes on to say this in Hebrews. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end. You know, sometimes I show same diligence for a day. I show passion for a day. I'm knocking for one time, or I'm seeking for one time, or I'm asking for one time. But this is God's encouragement that he wants this to happen. Here's why I want you to keep being diligent. Ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. Because I want that what you hope for can be fully realized, not partially realized, not somewhat realized, but fully realized. When I was four years old, my parents got divorced. What I wanted was to become a great husband and a great father. There was only one problem. I was four years old. It wasn't time yet. And what happens often is I ask one time, oh God, you didn't answer my prayer, I'm moving on. But it wasn't time. It wasn't time to seek that answer in that way. I can ask, I can seek, and I can knock, but I have to also hope and continue to hope. So I continue to ask, I continue to seek, I continue to knock till God's timing comes. Often in that process, what happens is my motivations get cleared up. Uh, so let me give you another example, marriage thing. Uh, during my teenage years, kind of went away from the Lord, was doing my own thing, came back to the Lord when I was 22, and again, hey, let's get married. So my first prayer, my first ask, seek, knock prayer Lord, let my ex-girlfriend get saved 
so that we can get back together and happily ever after and everything works out together. And as I ask, seek, and knock for that, I realize I'm asking, seeking, and knocking for the wrong thing. What I should be asking, seeking, and knocking for is the right girl. So Lord, forget that prayer. Uh, sorry about that, praying the wrong thing. Lord, I pray for her, bless that, that particular person, but give me the person that you have for me, Lord. And I prayed that prayer, ask, seek, and knock that prayer for a couple weeks. And a couple weeks into praying that prayer, I realized that's probably the wrong prayer as well. And I began to pray this, Lord, if I never get married, I give that to you. Because to me, that was an idol in my heart, and I don't want idols in my heart. I don't want to think I'm not complete until you complete me, Jerry Maguire, or, or spouse of whatever. I want to be complete in Jesus. So God, you make me complete. And now I'm asking and seeking and knocking that I would be complete in you. You know what's interesting is as I started praying that genuinely from my heart, the very same day is the day I got a call from my mom that she wanted me to come home and meet a friend of my sister's. Uh, my sister Emily had a friend named Nani uh, who my mom wanted me to meet. And I met her and we got married. So in some ways, what God's process, why does it take so long? Because in the asking and the seeking and the knocking, sometimes what we realize is we're knocking on the wrong door. We're seeking the wrong thing. We're asking for the wrong motivations. And in the process, God begins to show us he wants to give us what's really the depth of our heart, what we really want the most. He wants it fully realized in our life. But sometimes that has to be refined during the journey. Sometimes it's just it's not ready yet. You're knocking on a door that's not time to open yet. Sometimes God's doing a work in you as you knock, as you seek, as you ask. Because we do not want you to become lazy. And this lazy can also mean, you know, you kind of just give up. And it's not that you're a lazy person. It's that, man, I, I've been asking that. I've been seeing, I'm, I'm kind of done with that. No, through faith. And we all go, yay. If you're like me, you go, yay, faith. And then you have a hard time saying this next part. And patience, we inherit what has been promised. Sometimes we're asking in faith. We continue to ask in faith often, patiently, until God answers. Sometimes immediately, sometimes it takes a while, and we have to hold on in faith because love is patient. So if we really love God and we know he loves us, we can be patient with him, trusting he'll answer us in his due season. So we go back to Matthew and he says this, let me explain this ask, seek, and knock thing to you. What man is there among you if his son asks for bread would then give him a stone? They might look alike in these particular pictures, but not too hard to tell the difference. Or if you ask him for fish, we'll give you a serpent. I tried to find two that look sort of alike, but even those, I can tell the difference between which one's a serpent and which one's sushi, right? So if then we being evil, I like how he calls us evil there, snuck that in on us. You know, we're not perfect. We have selfish motivations sometimes. We make mistakes as parents. We make mistakes as leaders. We make mistakes as human beings. If we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Here's a promise. You have a father in heaven. He knows how to give you what you need. And that should motivate us to keep asking him. So he says, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. That is the law and prophets. I've quoted this verse for years of my life and missed the therefore. Most of the time when I look at this, it's called a golden rule or a way to live your life. Okay, uh, Mike's behind the camera. I talked about Mike a lot. What would I want Mike to do to me? Be nice, be patient, be kind, listen. 
So whatever I want Mike to do to me, I should do to him. Be kind, be patient, listen, all those things. Okay, so that's good. That's good practical advice, practical way to live, and it is. If you're not sure how to treat somebody, go, how would I want to be treated? Treat them that way. But it actually says, therefore. And therefore, we normally ask, when you see a therefore, you see what it's there for, which is whatever you just heard, he's now explaining that this principle, this principle of doing to others what you would want them to do to you, actually is based on what came before. Well, what came before? Let's go back to the verse. Knowing that our Father is giving good gifts to those who ask him. So practically, what does this tell me? On one hand, you know why I can do good and do to others what I'd want them to do to me? Because I can trust my dad's going to come through for us. I can trust he's going to give me good things. As I ask him, he's going to give me access to his power, his provision, his purpose, his presence. And that's the greatest thing. We have a father. So now I can ask, seek, and knock, not just for myself, but I can ask, seek, and knock for others. I can discern, hey, am I really helping and getting a speck out of my brother's eye, or am I judging my brother while there's a plank in my eye? What would I want someone to do for me? I would want someone to, if I saw a speck in my eye, if I saw a spinach on my tooth, I'd want someone to tell me, but I'd want someone to tell me in love. I'd want someone to tell me in a way that would help me, not in a way that would just condemn me. And so in the same way, I can do this because I have a father who's helping me, who's strengthening me to see well and to help others see well. So then he goes on to say this, enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it. This threw me off. Jesus, it seems easy to follow you. You open the door for everybody. You say, if we believe in you, it's by grace we're saved through faith. It's by your work, not my work. So all I have to do is believe. That doesn't sound very narrow to me. But here's the truth. The way that leads to life is saying yes to the things Jesus is saying. Sometimes the things Jesus are saying are very attractive. They're very exciting. The way he loves everyone. Come to me, everyone who's weary, and I'll give you rest. Come to me, all who in Isaiah who want thirsty, and I'll give you drink. There's so many things he says that sound wonderful to me, that he has access to everybody. He healed everybody who was sick. But there's moments where God is challenging you. Hey, take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. Those who want to find their life have to lose it. That becomes narrow. You start feeling yourself squeezed in. As I've walked longer with God, what I find is I have less wiggle room to act my own way and greater responsibility to rightly represent him. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. There are few who find it. What is the way that leads to life? Saying yes to Jesus. Now he goes on and again, this beautiful imagery and kind of terrifying imagery. Beware of false prophets who come to you. They look like sheep. They baa like sheep, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. They're drawing you in with sweet sounding words so they can suck the life out of you, so that they can feed on you rather than feed you, so that they can get from you rather than give to you. And he goes, well, how do we know, God? Because if they, if they look like sheep on the outside, but inside's wolves, it's not like this picture. Those two, I can tell the difference. Hey, that one is a lamb, that one's a wolf. But if I pull back for a second, if they're hiding, if they're camouflaging, how do I know if someone's heart's really with me? Well, here's what he says. He says, you'll know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? I guess the answer is no, the implied answer. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. 
So we're thinking about what's produced in your life, right? So what in the Bible is fruit? Well, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, manifesting as joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and faithfulness. So those might be fruit you look for. Does this person produce life in others? Does this person produce joy in others? Does this person produce peace in others? Or every time you're with them, do you feel like you're being... Um, it's like you gotta, you got to have like a, like a counseling session to get healed from being with that person. That's not necessarily good fruit. And he says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown, wow, into fire. Ultimately, God's not going to allow that to produce fruit. Therefore, by your fruits, you will know them. Which also speaks to me, God, I want to produce good fruit. If I position any tree in the right conditions where it bears fruit, it'll produce good fruit. If I put it in conditions that make it produce bad fruit or fail to produce fruit, it's going to always produce bad fruit or, or fail fruit. If I put it in poison water, it's going to produce poison fruit. If I put it in stones and rocks with no sunlight and no all these things, nutrients that it needs, it's going to die. So for myself and for others, we're trying to help trees produce good fruit. How? Well, Psalm 1 says, planted by streams of water. When you meditate on God's word day and night, it's like water flowing to your roots to give you life fresh water that brings you energy, and you will not cease to bear fruit. When we are in the presence of God, there's freedom in that place. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where His truth is, and if we abide in His word, we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. There'll be the life of freedom, the life of joy, the life of fruitfulness by being with God and obeying God. And that's why he says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. You're not going to produce good fruit just by lip service. But it's he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done all kinds of wonders in your name? Look at this. I'm doing external stuff that kind of looks good on the surface. And he will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So it's not just external activity that God is looking towards. What is he looking to? Therefore, there's that therefore again. So based on the fact that we can't just judge from external exercise, external actions, there's something deeper. He says, whoever hears the sayings of mine and does them. So there's an action involved, but the action's implicitly from the heart. I've heard the sayings of God. I'm processing those sayings, and I'm living out based on what Jesus says. That person is likened to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains descended. The floods came. The winds blew and beat on that house. It did not fall. It did not fall. You know how you'll ultimately know if you're really hearing God and you're really bearing his fruit? It's only when the storms of life come. Anybody can be happy when all their circumstances are, are implicitly positioning them for pleasure or explicitly positioning them for pleasure. It's, show, it's right there. Work's going great. Family's going great. Everybody's nice to you. Everybody's blessing you. Everybody's doing good things to you. In Jesus' words, even, even heathens, even people who have no idea of God, they love people who love them back. But when storms come, when you're left alone, when you're going through challenges, when you're broken on different situations that are just so painful, if I've heard his word and I've put it into practice, here's how I know. The fruit that remains is I remain. The house did not fall. It was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears his sayings and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The house will look good for a while. You can do the same external things for a while. You can still sound good to the people for a while. But internally, things are in danger. 
you know, no one, you don't really go to buildings generally. I just saw uh, somebody feed Phil, the one where he comes to Singapore. And you're looking at all the architecture of MBS and all these different beautiful places in Singapore. And you know what? In none of those architecture discussions did anybody talk about the foundation. Hey, let's examine the foundation. You know why? You can't see it anyway. Where you could see it is when the storm comes. Now, wise people, they dug deep and built that foundation on the rock. So when the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house. Unfortunately, the one who didn't build on the rock, it fell. No matter how cool the house looked, no matter how successful the ministry or work or whatever it looked like externally, when its foundations were not built on hearing God and obeying, loving God and following him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching because he's teaching as one that has authority and not as the scribes. What does that mean? And I want to close with this thought. When Jesus speaks to us, he's speaking not in theory. He's speaking with authority and actuality. And his word needs to be taken very, very seriously because it is life. And if we'll heed it and say yes to it, it'll produce life in us. If we ignore it, storms will come and our lives will crash. So we want to take God's word seriously. So what is his word for us today from Matthew chapter 7? Let's just summarize it this way. First part, he starts with how to treat others. Let's not judge them. Let's not condemn them. Let's not look down on them. But let's get healthy in order to help them. Let's take the plank out of our own eye because they might have a speck in their eye. And if they want our help, we want to help them. But we want to help those who want help. Because if you're trying to give someone something they don't want, they'll actually lose the value of the thing that you're trying to give them. So where do you start? Maybe your friend who, who's not interested in, in any help right now, but you know they need help. Uh, where do you start for yourself? If you're not sure what planks you might have in your own eye, well, we can ask, A-S-K. We can ask, and it'll be given to us. God, give me wisdom. Uh, God, help me with my friend who, who needs you but doesn't even know they need you yet. We can seek. God, I'm seeking you for your wisdom of how to live today, how to show your love today, how to help my friend, help my family member today. And I'm knocking, God, I'm asking you to open a door where I can share your love with my friend. I can share your love with my family member. I can help this situation that I see is broken, but I don't know what to do. I don't see an open door. So I'm asking you, I'm seeking, I'm knocking, I'm asking for help. I'm praying for somebody, and hopefully one day I'll be praying with that somebody. I'm praying for this situation. Someday I pray, I'm going to be praising you for the answer to that situation. So I'm ASKing, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking. Why? So that I can have strength in the storm. Because I can hear you as I ask, as I seek you in your word, as I seek you in prayer, as I knock uh, on heaven's door, as it were, in prayer and in reading the word to go, God, answer me. As I hear you through your word, as I hear you through prayer, as I hear you through fellowship with other believers that are speaking life and encouraging life over me, we're going to obey those words. Why? So that we can receive God's wisdom, strength, and authority. I'm not saying we hear and obey so that God will love us or save us because he has loved us and he has saved us. When we say yes to that, as he speaks to us, we obey in response to his love, in response to his freedom, in response to his healing so that we can receive his wisdom, his strength, and his authority to walk in his power on earth. As we close together, we're going to just take communion in your own time. Uh, we take a bread, we take cup, and we declare God's goodness by recognizing his body broken for us his blood shed so that we could be forgiven. Again, we don't earn his freedom or relationship with him. We receive it by faith. We believe Jesus is. We believe he really lived. He really died. He
He really rose from the dead. When he did that, he offered us that new life. If we'll say, yes, Jesus, you're my Lord. We will follow you. We believe in you. With that confession of faith, we become in relationship with him. Then he teaches us to hear his word and obey so that when storms come, we can stand because our life is founded on the rock of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Every Nation Singapore podcast. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. For more information, visit everynation.org.sg.